The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. It's week one of Trans-Tasman. And if you look at the bookies, the Aussies are given no shot in this one. But uh, we're, we're going to delve into the week to come. We'll have a bit of a chat about the grand finals. As of last week, we're still on a bit of a high from that. I'm joined with my co-hosts, Harry. Harry, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Just uh, the whirlwind week that's been. I'm, I'm trying to get my head back in fantasy mode now that we've had our couple of weeks off. Yeah, I know. It's it's a, a different take for us getting back into fantasy after a few weeks. Kagi, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, you realise you've got to ramp back up. It's kind of like when the season ended. You felt like the season had ended. So it was... Uh, you well, your just, season like, has ended. <laughs> ah, how good. That's it. That's what we're here for, for the dance. Nelson, I thought you said the bookies have ridden off um, all the Aussie teams. I thought you were going to say, um, you know as opposed to what I think of everything. And then I was going to correct you to say, no, actually, I gave them their tips. Um, that's how it should be. But um, Mate, how much no, money did you put down on that that tip that you tweeted out to everyone? What was it? Uh, $140,000 odds or something for all the Aussie teams to win in round one? No, yeah. I, I, I chucked $5 on all the Aussie teams, the five Aussie teams, to win one to 12. And in return, I would win $166,000. And I decided I'd double down. So I chucked another five and it was only paying 124000 So the boogies have come to their senses and that, that's probably fair, 124000 So, yeah, you know, it's still a long shot. But look, I mean, it's it's been a big week for us, you know, boys. It, it's been such an... There was a, a big, vast difference between the two matches on the weekend. Uh, it was good to be able to watch both. This is the first time... In our history, we've had an Aussie grand final, a Kiwi grand final, back-to-back. Did you guys like it? Um, I loved it because of how good the Kiwi final was. I hated that it made me think less of the Australian final. Still a good game, tight finish, but let's be honest, the pace of the New Zealand game was insane and it made me feel a little bit down on Australian rugby because of it. Yeah, Nelson, it's, uh, did it live up to, yeah, I think you called it the curtain raiser for the um, the main event. Um, it's a bit of a, yeah, it is certainly a dampener when the curtain raiser is better than the main event. Uh, I remember going to a Waratahs game and it was a dreadful game and uh, I think they had a women's sevens game at halftime and there was just some colossal hits and that was the crowd was the most into that game at halftime. It was kind of hard to come back to Super Rugby afterwards, but uh, it felt a bit like that. So um, no, look, I, I thought it was a good thing because... The higher the intensity of that match, the less they've got less they've got left in the tank for this week coming. So I mean, <laughs> just let them smash each other. Let them go at it again for another week. I'm fine. Give them a midweek game before they come up against us. It's just going to help us. I like that. Now let's take the positives out of everything. But no, look, they were two great games of rugby. They were two awesome finals. They both lived Very, up to the grand finals, just yeah. in, in, their, in their own rights. They, they were very different. I think that, that Kiwi game, that Super Rugby Aotearoa game was intense from start to finish. We, we knew the result a little bit early on in that one compared to the, the Aussie grand final, which was an 85-minute thriller when uh, James O'Connor, he, he finished his fairy tale to, to win that match, which was awesome to see. But look, why don't we jump into the main talking points for this, this previous week? Uh, who wants to take us into it? Yeah, sure. Um, well, look, I mean, as we talked about, pretty close games. Um, Crusaders 24, uh, Chiefs 13 at the end of it. I thought uh, in that game, 
um, for mine, the, one of the biggest talking points or biggest, I guess, momentum points, what the match hinged on, was I didn't think it was talked about very much, but because the Chiefs were applying heaps and heaps of pressure, the, the scores were still right in. I think it was a couple of points in it. And um, they kicked, put this perfect kick in and George Bridge under pressure batted the ball out into the dead ball line. Mm. And that should have been then, I actually feel it should have either been a penalty or just a five-meter scrum. And that just would have been huge, just, you know, like the building of momentum, momentum, momentum. But instead, they took like, you know, a minute to then make a, a goal line dropout and Richie Moinga kicked it like, you know, 60 meters down the field and just got that reset they needed after this build-up of, you know, 10 minutes of chief momentum. And I kind of feel like that was a crucial point in the game, um, which was has been overlooked. But um, I don't know. What did you guys think? Any other big moments in the game? Oh, look, I mean, I, I agree that for me, that's that's definitely a, a big point there. D-Mac, we've seen him week after week finish off these games, be such a clutch player. And for me, I think it was a stretch too far this week. You know, he, he missed, I think it was three kicks that um, I, I just, for a player of his class, I would have expected him to put, you know, one or two over, which would have put them in the lead a little bit early on in the match and and could have changed the, you know, the, the future of that match. I, I think they were pretty pivotal moments, um, as was that, you know, that that batting out by George Bridge. So that was pretty big for me. I, I think one thing that I love to see, uh, you know, the, the best seven in New Zealand rugby doing his clearance kick Almost. Oh, yeah, how was that? World, yeah. world rugby or, or New Zealand rugby? I wasn't sure where you were prepared to go with that. but um, Could be could be both. Could be definitely be both. But I think that could have been a 50-22 if it, it was Australian rugby. Yeah, it, it was. How good is that? I mean, you don't see Sam Kane pull off kicks like that. Yeah, that's because Sam Kane wants to keep his position in the All Blacks, but that's fine. Um, you know. Look, I, I, I thought the big one from the Airway <clears throat> game was just the Chiefs deciding to take point. <clears throat> when the Crusaders went down to 13 men. Yeah. I kind of thought at the time, wow, this is a, a big call. Like, here's your opportunity to score a try against the Crusaders, staring you in the face and you take the points. And I get it. They're backing themselves to get back down that end of the field and to take advantage, but it never happened. The Crusaders just went into the stock standard Crusader mode where apparently everything they touch turns to gold and you never get ad line. They win every set piece and they just turn the game on its head from that point. And I thought that was where... They made the wrong decision. I thought it at the time and in hindsight, uh, not just in hindsight. But yeah. uh, I, th- I think that really cost them not going for the for the jugular. I think at that time. Yeah, I think it was, it was interesting. Now, as you said, that the missing those I think three penalty goals early plus that big moment in the game, you kind of felt like you know the combination of those things really went against the the Chiefs applying that scoreboard pressure, building momentum. But then. Conversely, the two yellow cards for the Crusaders in the 53rd minute, 58th minute, for a while they were down to 13 men. Like, how many yellow cards does it take to beat the Crusaders? Because they get better with one yellow card. Uh, somehow they seem to get even better with two yellow cards. I don't, how many, we need to fix what? Look, if it's a final at home, there is no amount of yellow cards for them to lose. I think that is where the evidence points to. Yeah, they've got 25 from 25 at home. The, the stat that we, I found interesting was that, um, you know, we talk about the Crusaders being the most penalised team um, in the competition, but they gave away, uh, I forget the exact number, but le- less penalties than the Chiefs. I think they gave away maybe two-thirds of the penalties the Chiefs did. So that was surprising for me, given that there was two yellow cards in there as well. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, look, I mean, it was, it was an interesting game. Uh, sadly, 
you know, we, we were leaning towards this being the result. I think most people were. I, I think there's hope and, you know, there's, there's something there to prove that potentially next year the Crusaders won't be that team. They won't be the team to have the home grand final. And I, I think that was enough for them this year because the, the Chiefs came into a pretty good run of form. Um, you know, a certain few players didn't stand up in the way that they normally would, say, say D-Mac for an example. But I, I think the rest of the pack is catching it in New Zealand. And I think next year is going to be the time that we see that, that shift. I'll go on record and saying I don't believe that. So after the Crusaders win Super Rugby Trans Tasman and go six for six, uh, they'll be looking straight to make seven from seven next year uh, and probably will. So, um, you know, but... How about uh, the Aussie game, Harry? You want Actually, to I was just going to say, before we move to that, my point of the round was from that game was, uh, you know, we just talked about the difference of the two games and the big thing for me was just the skill level. The skill level on display in that Kiwi grand final was unbelievable. The amount of just deft touches, the behind-the-back passes, just some of those offloads, the continuity was unbelievable. But for mine, that uh, offload from Alex Nankervell to put DMAC in for that try, that was unbelievable. Um, and if you if you pair that from the Crusaders, there was Rich Moanga's cutout pass for Seven Reese's try. And those two touches were just, you know, that's the peak of, uh, of skill right there. Um, amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a brilliant game. Look, we'll jump across to the Reds' 19-16 to 16 win. Uh, it was great to see. Look, we, we wanted to see a bit of changing the tides in, in maybe both of these games, but this is the one that we saw it in terms of the Reds getting it done this year, beating last year's winners, the Reds, uh, the Brumbies. Uh, it was an 85th-minute win. One question we've raised, I've, I've heard it said elsewhere, is... Why did the Reds take that pick and go? Like that that um, penalty, you know, the quick tap. Why not go for the scrum? You're two men up. To me, it seems like a brain snap. They've backed it. They've said that it was their decision. They don't want to give the referee a chance to, you know, dictate the outcome. They wanted to back themselves. And that's fair enough. But that doesn't make it the right decision. You know, you can't argue with results. But, again, that doesn't make it the right decision. You, you need to put yourself in the best position. If you're in the middle of the field, you have a dominant scrum that's been dominant all match. You have two extra men on the field. You take that scrum. That is a ridiculous thing not to take. Yeah. Do you think? Do you guys think that the Reds fans and the Reds themselves would have felt any less uh, pumped if they'd won from a penalty try off a scrum? I don't. I think it would have been exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Like, hey, how do you turn down a scrum? What were they doing? The Rummies had six people on the scrum six. and they were already getting monstered by the, by the Reds. It was, it was an absolutely ridiculous call. That was my big one for this game as well. It was so dumb. Yes, they got lucky and, and scored, but all they had to do was lock the ball once or get turned over once and not be able to get the ball out or get held over the line. Like, it was so dumb. They were just lucky they got away with it. Yeah. Uh, coming into this one, the Aussies had one more yellow card throughout the season. We saw two, I think it was, in that, that uh, Kiwi match. And the Aussies went, no, we don't want to be outdone and got three yellow cards or to the Brumbies. So over the, I think it was 22 matches in Australian Super Rugby, there was 21 yellow cards, whereas there was 20 yellow cards for Super Rugby out to row up. One red card for, for New Zealand, eight red cards in Australia. It was definitely a case of the Brumbies saying, uh, anything you can do, Crusaders, we can do better, mate. We'll, uh, we'll beat you in that status for sure. 
Absolutely ridiculous. Um, there are three cards. There were Valentini in the 61st minute, Darcy Swain in the 77th, and Luke Reimer in the 80th. So basically, if you played in the back five of the forwards, there's more than likely you were getting carded in that match if you played for the Brumbies. Simple as that. But look, it was it was an awesome game for me. I, I don't want to add too much into it. The the big thing for me out of this one was the dark arts. This was my point from the weekend. The dark arts from Taniela Tupo. We saw, I mean, it was in full glory this week because we had the spider cam over top, you know, saw the vision of Taniela Tupo. He made a clear decision that he was going to put that pressure on Lonigan, Nos Lonigan, and try to split him and Co. The, the loss of slipper we talked last week as you know, it was going to be pivotal in this match. And, and I think we we're definitely correct in that, as was Falao Fainga, because Tupo picked that he was going to split them. He, he picked that he was going to put the pressure on Noss and angled in on him, and it paid off in this match. And, I mean, we, we've seen throughout the week um, Ethan De Groot come out, talk big, say that, you know, that – you know, it, it, he got away with it in Australian Super Rugby and that he's not going to get away with it against them. I'm sorry, Ethan. You're on the bench, mate. You don't get to say that. We'll see you when you, you actually show Tony Tupo up. But, look, uh, he that is part of the dark arts. If you can angle in, you can get an advantage from doing something like that and you're not getting pinged, you keep doing it. I think that proves Taniello is a smart prop. I don't think that shows anything negative in his game plan. I think that's that's a big boost in my eyes. If you're not getting pinged, keep doing it. Mate, I think it doesn't matter if he's if he's boring in or if he's going straight through you, mate. He's gonna he's gonna beat you with the scrum regardless. But um, look, I, you guys know I could talk about two both ages. It was amazing. I love the spider cam. I loved all the hype about the scrums. And yeah, mate, he was bloody like Moses, just parting the Red Sea. It was just like goodbye, get out of the way, thank you. I love, let's, I love the nerve from Ethan Degroot to come out and say that. But let's be honest, it's suicidal. <laughs> it is. Anyway, it is. boys, this is the perfect, the perfect segue <clears throat> to the main course. This week we preview Super Rugby Trans Tasman Round One in history. We have the first game on Friday night, the Hans versus the Reds. For new injuries, we've got Jordi Pattaya has a quad injury, and they're saying that he could be out for four to six weeks. That's the entire competition. Uh, he's not from New Zealand, so the competition only goes for five weeks. <laughs> so I'm saying we're unlikely to see him. Um, and then you also have Suliasi Vunavalu coming back Woo! on the bench. Kagi will be picking him up, no doubt. I've already got him. I picked him up for this week, my friend. I'm ready to go. It's it's all his time. And uh, Perry Perry Parkinson, the Perry Perry Chicken, he is back and he's starting. How good is that to see? Oh, it's great to see him back. I think he's a pretty pivotal player for them, something that they're definitely going to need. I see here you've got uh, whoever's done the notes here said no Parisi and Pattaya when they obviously <laughs> named by Sami. Yeah. So well done, fellas. Uh, no Reds hitmen. And I think we saw really the same thing in the back half of the Reds game <clears throat> against the Brumbies. You've got Hamish Stewart. You've got Fluke. You've got um, Dungunu now starting, which I think is a, is a real positive, to be honest. But that centre pairing, I think they struggled to get any headway against an organised Brumbies defence. What do you think of the two of them with, again, Hegarty at the back, Jock Campbell on the wing? Is there enough punch in this red side this week? Look, I, I, I think against the Kiwis, the, the Reds were talking about they really wanted to go all-out attack. I think it was Mick Ryder who talking about it midweek. 
Um, they well, they know that they, on the field then. I, I agree. I, I mean, honestly, I I think it seems like a crazy. It's a sleight of hand. They're going to bring him on five minutes into the game. <laughs> it's a bit of a crazy decision, you know. I, I think they they obviously had a bit of a punch in the back line last week, and maybe they're trying to hope for something similar this week, thinking they can close the game out late. But look, I mean, you've got two small centres in comparison to two quite you know impressive, um, dynamic, aggressive centres that you'd normally see for the Reds throughout most of Super Rugby AU. Then we've got you can call them about that weapons. They're missing the weapons, weapons. Okay. weapons. but one weapon. He goes off incorrectly, you know. He's as likely to shoot you in the face as he is to shoot the other team. That's Pattaya. But you, st- you still want to put that out on the field, mate. That's it. You, right? you still want it on the field. Maximum damage. We've got two kind of makeshift back outside backs. Uh, I think Hegarty is more of a, a ten playing fifteen. He, he fills that role relatively well. And Jock Campbell is not a winger. Jock Campbell is a fullback who's been shifted to wing. He's not a dynamic finisher. I do think he's quite a class player. But it means we're left with Dalgunu, Dungunu on the wing from a team that had Pesami, Pattaya, Dalgunu, uh, Vunavalu, and all of a sudden we've only got one of these punch weapons on, on the wing and surely it's going to dictate how they play. All of a sudden they've got, you know, four people that can kick. They, they don't have all the punch out wide. It, surely it's going to change how they're playing. I feel like you're, you're making this come off as if, and I know not intentionally, but the way you've just said that as if Dalgunu isn't an absolute weapon still. I think the word you were missing was they're left with only Dalgunu, who is an absolute yeah. weapon. But yeah. um, no, I agree. It is, look, Hegarty and, and uh, Campbell, you know, I think they're both kind of fullbacks and they're not all out attack players. But in terms of the centres, look, Fluke and Stewart, um, I think this week will actually be good for them because they're not coming up against any particularly uh, intimidating New, uh, New Zealand centre combo. They're, they're up against Gregory and uh, Collins, um, who, look, you know, I don't particularly think much of. So I think if, if there's any week for them to re- have a good crack, it's probably this week. But definitely against the Brumbies, I thought they were caught lacking there. Um, they just couldn't get that game line ball, which enabled them. The, the threat wasn't big enough to enable them to get the ball out wide. So... What, I expect Alguna to be hungry and, and go looking for work, kind of like Corabita. You'll see him pop up everywhere, I think. The, the interesting thing, I think, out of this one was last weekend, I don't think we saw the control of James O'Connor that we have throughout Super Rugby AU. I mean, he, he got the job done back in the, in the back end of the game, but he just didn't seem to have the control of the master. And this game is going to be dictated in, in, based on how well he can control this game. That's... That's simply it for me. He needs to put people in the right positions. He needs to put them in the right side, you know, the right positions on the field. And if he can do that, Dungunu's going to be able to finish off those opportunities. But I just think there's this is the weakest Reds lineup that we've potentially seen all year, maybe on par with last year. It's a, a sub in terms of, you know, one of the, the outside backs. But, I mean, the forwards are weaker, you know. Mick Wright's dropped to the bench. We've got Wright coming in that maybe we can say that's class for class. That's okay. Luca and Salakai Lotto is dropping to the bench. Tupo is dropping to the bench. That's big. We've got Angus Blythe, who he's surely he's hungry. We've got Fotoweka shifting to tight head. He's been playing loose head all season. Dane Zander coming back onto that loose head position. There are significant changes for the Reds. The one positive thing for them is this is potentially the weakest Highlanders lineup that we have seen. We've got no Joshuani. 
You know, last week we saw Milner Scudder. He's not there. We've got Ethan DeGroote after talking all that nonsense he did all week. He's dropped to the bench, which means, thankfully, he gets to have a chance to prove himself against Taniela Tupo, something he's been doing all week. Shannon Frizzell has been dropped from the side after an alleged assault, but he's not been charged. Hugh Renton is not the same as Shannon Frizzell. This, this team for the Highlanders is also highly weakened. You know, I agree. Both teams are weakened. Here, the biggest huh? takeaway was yes. I said the guy that was going to be the biggest drop in the Highlanders this year at the start of the season was Shannon Frizzell. <laughs> I'm now, I told you it was coming. I yeah. told you it was coming. Your premonition was correct just, you know, in the second season is what you meant. Not the first season, the second combined season. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, I agree, Nels. Both weakened teams. Um, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this goes. I really wanted to see the Scudder step. Um but I think the the biggest point that we have missed up until uh, up until now has been that um, we haven't mentioned that it's under the roof, boys. Dalgunu under the roof. <laughs> Let's see some fantasy points. Woo! Let's go, Dunedin. Uh, I, I but, like um, it. I, I like it. Look, uh, this this backline. I, I think we need to just touch on the other changes. So Sam Gilbert, he's he was in the wing in their last matchup. He's shifted to fullback. Tompkinson shifted from outside back to wing, which we've seen him in previous years, meaning Collins comes into that 13 jersey. There is a lot of changes for these guys. That, if anything, this Reds team looks unstable, but it is far more stable than this Highlanders team. I don't agree. Oh. I think they're both unstable. It's not far more stable. I, I think you guys are making the Reds off as much worse than they are. I think they're just, you know, they're resting a few players. They've got a few players on the bench, but I think they're just backing the boys. I think, uh, look, well, let's go to the tips uh, and that will say everything. Who um, I'm, I'm tipping the Reds to win this one. Can you believe it? So How uh, much? It's Vunavalu three tries under the roof. That's what I'm calling. Um, but look, uh, Reds, to, Reds, to, <laughs> Reds to win by seven points. Look, I, I was a little bit nervous uh, seeing the Reds and a few different things and the, knowing what this lineup was going to be like. But seeing that Highlanders... Oh, I'm, I have to back the Reds in this one. Yeah. If I don't back the Reds, I don't know who I'm going to back for the Aussies. So I'm going to tip the Reds. I've said 1-12 to 12 in all my all my Aussie matches. So Reds, they're going to win by five points. They're going to win by a try. Yeah. Highlanders are going to be up by half time, at half time by five to seven points. I reckon 50th minute they'll be up by 10. And it's just whether or not the Reds can rein them in when their first team comes off the bench. Mate, the Reds only like winning in the 80th minute. They've proved like every game against the Rabbies. It's here. under the roof, mate. They scores tries galore over there. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm low. I could never bet against <clears> the best <throat> Aussie team versus arguably the worst Kiwi team. So I'm going to get the Reds yeah. by two points. But geez, I could see it going either way. Yeah, for mine, it's because I'm probably going to tip the Kiwi teams in every other game this week. Spoilers, but um, with that, let's move along to the second game. Huge, this is going to be a huge win for Australia, this game. Uh, the Waratahs taking on the Hurricanes. Uh, Isn't that the Suntars? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yep, yeah, no, the Hurricanes. Oh, sorry. Yep, yeah, no, we are. Uh, I got that wrong. I meant a big win for New Zealand. Uh, but it is. It's a battle of the bottom. Uh, bottom of both tables, the Tars and the Hurricanes. Can the Hurricanes show how much worse the bottom of the Aussie table is in this one? I suspect so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look, we, we see the return of Will Harrison, but off the back of Donaldson's form, we see Will Harrison come onto the bench, which, look, honestly, I think is the right decision. To Carlo Tizano is, yeah, Harry, I, I think it is. 
I, I think Donaldson's done enough. Harrison's been out for quite a few weeks now. He needs to earn his way back into this starting side. And I, I think that's a positive thing for the Waratahs moving forward. Having some competition in that 10 jersey, I, I think Donaldson in his two starts has done very well. I mean, I'm okay if they both get 40 minutes. I'm not that fussed. I'm okay if Harrison comes in and we see Donaldson fill another role. I mean, Maddox hasn't been impressing me that much. I'd happily flick one of the other wingers. We don't need to name who it is. Chuck Maddox onto the wing. Give Donaldson or Harrison a chance at fullback. No, I disagree. We do need to name who it is because I can tell you it's not Mark, Marky Mark, Nwangani Tawasi. So it's Alex Newsom. Flick him. Put Donaldson to 15. Will Harrison starts at 10. It's not that hard. It's just not that hard. Yeah, but Harry gives one shake of the head and Nelson goes off on a, a two-minute explanation of why uh, Ben Donaldson should start ahead of uh, no, this, uh, <laughs> Will this, Honestly, Harry and I are on very level thought processes here. My thought is that this is a stepping stone to what Harry and I want to see. Newsom gone out of this 23 week to week. But you can't push Donaldson to 15 this quick. We need to give him the start. And then give him... You put Donaldson on the bench, mate. The bench. Will Harrison is your starting franchise 10, mate. You don't do anything. No team ever goes well when they rotate their 10s. No uh, team. The, the Highlanders have done poorly. Speaking, so. of, speaking of franchise players and not playing, uh, Nani Lamape for the Hurricanes. The minibus has, been, has uh, been left in the depot, if you will. Um, can you call him a franchise player when he is signed to go to another franchise in another competition? That was, I, I look, that's what a host does now. So I was leading you into that perfect point just there. Uh, and no, Jordy Barrett is clearly the franchise player. But yeah. uh, yes, continue. He has signed. Where did he sign with, Nels? Uh, he signed in France. Harry, do you know where it is? Yeah, not off the top of my head. Thanks. Look, uh, the hospital pass. Like it. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I do, I'm not going to listen to you, Harry. Look, he's gone overseas. Oh, like the coaches, we don't care where he signed. We just dropped him because it's not, it's not with us. So, And we've yeah. been told he's not dropped because of that. Bullshit. But they said rotation. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, don't, you don't rotate out your entire centre pairing built into one man <laughs> for a match unless you go, well, it's the Sun Tars. Well, I was going to say, you, although because it's the Waratahs, you could actually run like, you could have your kids' team run out or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Or at least the Hurricanes hunt. An, an important thing for anyone that's been paying attention, TJ Perinara has signed. He is returning to New Zealand rugby. It was all nonsense about the Roosters. No one likes league. No one's ever going to sign over there when you've got the better opportunity to stay in rugby. It was just to try to get more money, but he will not be available for the Hurricanes unless there is injuries that can permit him coming into this side, which is an interesting one for me because the Waratahs have had um, Raboni Warren Vasayathol coming in. He signed at the end or just at the back end of Super Rugby AU. We've now seen TJ Perinara sign after the competition finished or in the week of the grand final. So I, I don't know how they draw the line there in terms of who's allowed to play and when that is. But, I mean, I'm happy not to see him, to be fair. I'm and it's pretty simple. They say someone needs to get injured. Well, look, they'll be getting the whole B team just to uh, – they'll be like, boys, we're going to do a run it straight. It's called all the halfbacks that aren't TJ are going to run at our biggest players again and again and again. Oh, oh, TJ's playing this week. Sorry, boys, we're in. Lemape is not playing this week because he needs his energy to hurt some of the other players in training during the week. Correct. Simple as that. He's needed elsewhere. That's very good. 
We also have the the wing pairing. We've got Rayasi on one wing, Sevilla on one wing. So we're not seeing them shift back and forth. There's no Hussein at all in this side. So, oh, look, I, I, I'm interested to see how these two guys go. go. Rayasi's been really, really solid. He decided he wanted to stay, not chase that sevens dream, which is, is a really big call from a player of his calibre. And it's awesome to see him sticking around. Sevilla, I think, has been pretty solid as well. I can't wait to see Marky Mark and Newsom not tackle those two. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, but on, on that, can you guys oh, believe that? Oh, I was oh. saying, I was very surprised that Ray Arce, um didn't sign um, just because, like, he hasn't been given a start every every week. But also, he, he's, st- he's staying because he wants to play for the Hurricanes and try and make a claim for the All Blacks. But um, <clears throat> I, I thought for sure... Caleb Clark was going to stay, spoilers, and uh, Nanai Saturo and Rayasi would be off. But um, no, Caleb Clark, the incumbent All Black 11, he has, is heading off for the Olympics and Rayasi's staying. It's a huge call, I think, from Rayasi. Yeah, look, we won't get too much into it. I, I think he's not been in the form this year that he was last year. And this is probably a refresh for him, a reset. And I think it's it's Rayasi? No, sorry, Clark. Oh, yeah. Clark's been to the same level as he was last year. And I, I think this is the right decision for him. Take mm. a bit of time away from Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. I, I don't think it's needed for him at the moment. He, he will return and try to stake his claim for the All Blacks. I, I guess, would the uh, first All Black test this year, would Caleb Clark be a starting left winger? Or would you be looking at someone like George Bridge or someone uh, else? Honestly, he wouldn't be. I'd, st- I'd still pick it personally. He was that good in the test last year. <laughs> I'd pick it there. I'm picking my boy every single time on the wing. Oh, you, who's that, Harry? My boy is, don't you? Severese, is that who you're going to say? Yeah, Newsom. Of course he is. Yeah. yeah. No, He's Severese. on the other wing, son. But, um... Caleb Clark and George Bridge bundled into one player. Yeah, look, <laughs> I mean, <All> right. <laughs> that's fair. Let's, let's stick to the game, boys. Let's stick to the game. We've got James Ram injured. So we've got Mark Nwanganita Wasi coming into that left wing. We've all been keen. We wanted to see more of him throughout the year. We know his defense is dodgy, but he's got attack. That's what separates him from Newsom. He actually does something on the field. He's not just bad at defense and bad at attack like Newsom is. So at least we have one attacking threat out wide. What else do we have, boys? Dempsey, he was close to returning. He's not back. We've still got Will Harris. I'm, I'm a fan of Will Harris. Vosay Artho, again, another guy who's supposed to be available next week with Dempsey. Tizano's been given the rest. Absolute workhorse for the, for the Tars. Hopefully it means we see Charlie Gamble itching and ready to go for the Waratahs. I, I do think he's a good player. Harry thought he was going to get the shout over Tizano pre-season. So, I mean, we, we've got a bit of faith in them. It's not a long time that's passed. I think they're definitely taking a gamble here uh, because Tizano does make about 50% of that team's tackles. So he, he it's is. like, well, you know, we don't really need to make any tackles against the Hurricanes. I guess it's fine. This, this is a stat for you. He has made the most tackles, and I think it's by a long way. <laughs> then the closest was Newsom with about three all season. Don't read that stat out, mate. You could have skipped that part. Ben. Yeah. He's also made the second most runs, as far as I heard, for the Tars. I think behind Maddox. How ridiculous When you say as far as I heard, to, to, to both Harry I and the listeners, that means I'm making this up. No, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I heard it on a good, trustworthy Aussie Super Rugby pod. Where? Okay, all right, very good. Um, and look, the last one for me on this game before we tip it, this is the Hurricanes and the Waratahs. For me, this really comes down to, is it fair to say, from a fantasy perspective, 
This is Angus Bell versus Jordy Barrett. That's what this game comes down to. Yeah, on the Ian no, Bell all day. I mean, there's not a whole lot of fantasy players that are going to be in people's teams Jordy, in this one. But. If it's Bell versus Jordy, Bell can run. Jordy cannot scrum. I'm back in Bell all day. All right, let's do tips. Nels, what are you tipping? Oh, mate, I'm going with my heart. I'm not going with my brain. I'm going to say the Tars to call a ridiculous <laughs> upset. They're going to win by two points at the buzzer because there's a fluke in Jordy. Is this just so you can bet on the Hurricanes? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, no, because I already put my bet on. All the Aussie teams win to 1 to 12. And Jordy okay. Barrett's going to get injured in the first three minutes, which is yeah. what's going to help the Waratahs. All right, Harry, some sense, please. Uh, Hurricanes by 20. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to go big. You've just thrown me. Uh, Hurricanes by 21. Then I'm going to take the outlier. So, <laughs> yes. You boys are going to feel so silly. You're going to feel so silly. <laughs> Very good. How good's five games of rugby, though, this week? I'm stoked. No buys. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the Saturday games. And none bigger than the first one. Nels, what do we got? We've got the Crusaders up against the Brumbies. Look, this this is a game, the last last year's two winners. This is a game that I, I think I'm generally very, very excited for. I don't think the Crusaders are going to get carried away like the Reds and Party for three, four days because they won something because they do it every year, right? They haven't been partying and having benders the last few days. They've gone, well, that was normal. Let's go win another trophy. So they're probably back at it Sunday. I reckon they were training Sunday. And the Brumbies were probably partying harder because they were disappointed. You know, we have just a- how, how motivated was the Crusaders to win Super Rugby after all when they won it last year? This is now a new competition. It, they can actually genuinely say, no one's ever won this before. We really yeah. want to be the first. Like, they have genuine motivation to go out and win again. That's it. If, if this is going to be a new trophy, right? They're going to say, boys, there's a new trophy. If we keep going the way we're going, we could be the only name on this trophy for the years to come, you know? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Look, I, I don't. I mean, the Brumbies have a lot of injuries. We're unsure. We don't have team lineups here. We may still see. You know, Co's got an injury on the weekend. Slippers still likely to be missing. Samu's likely to be missing. There's, there's a lot of changes there that I think are quite important for the Brumbies. I think Co was a big step down from Slipper. If we're missing both of them, for the Brumbies up against the Crusaders, I think that's going to be pretty pivotal. We know that the Brumbies, they have a knack for a driving more, but they have lost that in the last few weeks to me. I'm waiting for you to say, which is why I'm only tipping the Brumbies by far. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was going <laughs> to... We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. I was going to say, now just on that with all the injuries, I think despite the three of us having uh, pretty busy days tomorrow, I have no doubt... Harry will be finding some time, whether he, may, he means he keeps running to the shitter um, to just sit on his phone. But uh, casualty ward updates, there will no doubt be loads Maybe, of them Kagi. as tomorrow we do all our fantasy research. Huggy, we don't say running to the shitter. We say shoot some hoops or drop the kids at the pool, something that's more family-friendly, aren't right, we? Fair enough. Um, that was time well spent explaining that. Uh, no problem. But, uh, no, as you were saying, rolling more. Uh, are they going to be able to do that against the Crusaders? No. Um, so not only are they weaker, I think, at this than they have been in previous seasons. And, I mean, there's, there's pivotal pieces missing for that for them. Uh, I think Falao Fainga is a, a big part, so hopefully he comes back into that starting side. But I would not be going for a driving mall against the Crusaders. I would hope that they are thinking a driving mall is coming and try your trick plays off it. First thing, early in the game, so that hopefully they're not expecting it because not even a 13-man driving mall 
got over the line against them. And the Crusaders went, oh, you got 13 men driving more against the Chiefs and decided not to have a 13-man driving more in response. They kept a back line out there to defend and still stopped it. Yeah. It was the brilliance of DMAC. Comprehensively, yeah. The brilliance of DMAC got them a try off the, off the back of it, but it wasn't from the driving more. Nankervell's input. Yeah, Nankervell's input as well. But, look, I, I, I don't think that's where the Brumbies are going to get points. The, the Brumbies may go back to, you know... <laughs> More of that response that we, I think they'll take their points early in this game rather than back the line out, which we've seen them do week after week and they even do it in the grand final. I think they're going to be much more inclined to take their points and be nervous to go for that that line out. Do you boys see anything different? I, I actually think that that'd be crazy not to start um, Frost at six again. I agree. I think they need to put, if Pete Summer is fit and healthy, put him back to open side flanker and keep their tall line out because the yeah. Crusaders' strongest weapon is the line out, both in attack and defense. I think Sam Whitelock, I read, took three opposition line outs last weekend in the final against the Chiefs. It's, it's a no brainer. You have to do whatever you can to stop that platform from them because they take your ball and they score points off theirs constantly. So I, I think that's a big one for me. Yeah, even though that sounds uh, is really smart and makes a lot of sense, I'm going to disagree with it because I want to see Henry Stowers in there starting, get the big man in there, do some damage. But uh, no, Nelson, I think in this kind of game, yes, you're going up against the Crusaders' strength, which is the rolling mall uh, and some set pace and territory. But, uh, and you know, why would you do that? But for mine, I think that's exactly what the Brumbies have to do because otherwise you're facing the Crusaders' back line and attack. And the Brumbies are definitely not going to beat them at that. So you've got to you've got to have a go at what your strengths are. And I would I would want the Brumbies to just have a crack at that uh, and see how what they can turn up. Yeah, look, I, I see I, I see something in that. And as I said, if, if you're going to back it, I think you have to back it relatively early, and you have to add some variance. You have to add a change of point in attack. It cannot be a driving more. If it is a driving more, it's, you know, you're hitting your four jumper, popping it down to your two man and creating a driving more there. You have to create some doubt in the Crusaders early in this game on what you're going to do, or I just don't think you're going to get the pay for it. Well, the Brumbies have been really good at fast starts all, all season. Um, so that has been one of their strong suits. It's about, you know, can they do that again to begin with, uh, you know, in Christchurch, uh, and then can they can they keep it going? I mean, if, if I was the Crusaders, I'd just leave all the um, the streamers and the, and the red party glitter from the week before, just leave it all on the field, just as like a for the captain's run, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> get started getting in their heads from the, uh, the get-go. But, no, look, other, other points on this game, I think, on the Brumbies before we move to the Crusaders, um, Andy Muirhead, Harry gave a really good kind of injury diagnosis, if you will, with the... In information or images he he saw there, Harry. What 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 was that looking like? I mean, looking like he's not playing, but what did you see for that? Yeah, so I pulled the video from the game and kind of broke it down a little bit. But you saw in about the twenty seventh minute, his right ankle get turned to the outside rather than the conventional way, which is the opposite, and kind of forced into tackle. So that sprain of the inside ligament in your ankle generally is seen as a bit more severe and a bit slower to settle down, uh, higher rate of fractures and things like that with it as well. So it can be quite severe. I have um, one thing to add to that. Apparently he was running around today or yesterday on the field. So he, he had a boot on by the sounds of it on Sunday, but apparently he was on the field without a boot Monday, Tuesday. Okay. 
I mean, obviously they've they've tried to settle it down, but my my gut feeling initially was the fact that they taped it taped it up over the boot, and he still only lasted ten minutes until he had to come off because he wasn't moving. Yeah. So to me, that means that I'm thinking that he's a grade two ankle sprain, mm-hmm. and the best ones of those are still four week injuries. You know, more likely six. But if what Nelson says is is spot on and he's running relatively freely, who knows? Maybe he's going to be back a bit quicker than we would have thought. Damn it! I was really—I said this because I was really hoping he was out and that uh, Mark Hansen was back in. We love the Hansen, but um, no, I think that's pro- probably it for for personnel changes for the Brumbies. But um, the Crusaders, I think the biggest question for them. Sorry, Nelson, I'm uh, jumping ahead here, but uh, a question which is close to my heart. Uh, as Lester flying a new coup, mate, he has—I think he was what was he was a rookie of the year in two rugby out to row or something, but. Um, he definitely won something. Mostly, I don't know. He won, but uh, anyway, in the way he's the form he's playing, particularly even in that final, um, it's going to be hard to drop him. But All Black Braden Enor is back. Uh, they said they were saving him up for this. They thought he was doing well enough. They brought him back in off the bench for the the grand final. Um, what? How do you guys see that panning out? I mean, I'm hoping Fanganuku gets playing. Can I tell you my preference? Hmm. And this is going to sound ridiculous. I'm a George Bridge owner. If I were the Crusaders, I would strongly consider pushing Fainga Nuku back to the wing, having Sebu Reese on the other wing and bringing Braden Enoa into the outside centre jersey. For me, I think they're the people that have got the punch. They're the people that have the form. George Bridge, I, I love him to bits, hence he's in my side, but he hasn't offered as much as Fainga Nuku has. So I'd be giving Fainga Nuku the run and make George Bridge earn his way back in. I couldn't agree more. I'm amazed that you're capable of saying that. But um... I do agree on form. Um, I, I've got to say, just echo Kagi because I was blown away with how well Fenger and Nuku played at outside centre on the weekend. It's got to be hard to drop a guy after that. The other option is you put Enor to inside centre and Havili goes back to fullback. <laughs> you're going to drop Will Jordan. <laughs> okay. And you put Will Jordan over George Bridge or... Mate, well, how I, does... I think George Ridge is probably the quietest player in that back line at the moment, but I think his All Blacks class is something that they're going to find hard to drop. That's all. How insane is that? George Bridge, a starter in any rugby team in the world, <laughs> is um, we're questioning him. It's uh, I know I know Razor. It looks like Razor has an easy job with just winning every competition every year. But man, I swear to God, he must just. How does he sleep at, with his selection? You know, dramas. I mean, honestly. I mean, it's it's got to be tough. You're just picking winner or winner. Like, what? what how can you lose? <laughs> Look, do we do we jump across to what we think result is, or do you boys have anything else to add about the Crusaders? Okay, tips, come on, Harry. Why don't you take us here? Why don't you lead us in? What do you think the tip is? Crusaders by fifteen. I literally was going to say that. God, Harry, you're. Uh... I now don't know whether to go bigger or smaller. You've you've killed me again. Um, all right, I'm going to go Crusaders by twelve. There you go. Went smaller. Apparently, I'm going to show the most faith, and I'm going to say the no. I'm going to say the Crusaders. Crusaders to win by eight. And if you ask my betting account, I'm going to say the Brumbies. But I'm going to say logically the Crusaders. And last point on that, just because I can't really get through a game without talking about a prop, but. Sure, I brought him, brought him up before, but Tamani Tum, Williams, the uh, reserve prop, reserve prop for the Crusaders. He's, he's come off the bench the last couple of games, but he is the biggest human being. Like if Angus Bell is Mister Incredible, 
Uh, Tommy Williams is, uh, I don't know, like Thanos or can something, we, mate. He is enormous. Out, can we point out that their starting tight head is Michael Ala Alatoa and Aussie, and then their bench tight head is Tommy Williams, who spent 90% of his life in Australia. Did he actually? I actually didn't even know. But no, he's a loose head. He's a loose head replacement. He's lived pretty much his entire life in Australia. Oh, well, that's extremely disappointing because if, yes. if we had a front row of, I mean, look, I've got Tupac, but like if the Waratahs, <laughs> I mean, Harry Johnson is pretty good as well. But yeah, he is, Tommy Williams, one to watch. That's all I'm saying. He's incredible. So um, yeah. that's my prop uh, shout out of the day. So we'll move on. Let's move on. <laughs> the next matchup we have is the Ramble, Rebels, not the Rambles. Red the Bulls. Rambles. Yeah, the Rambles. You're watching some Formula the, One, Nels. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know if there's many injuries out of this one. Harry, do you know of any changes we can expect this week? Uh, no, not really. No, nothing, spot. nothing that you guys haven't already seen through the casualty ward. Um, yeah. I'm thinking the Rebels, do they have any changes? The DHP has been kind of pushed back again. I think he was looking <clears> he was <throat> quite likely to play out. Playing a bit of club footy, but then yeah. and just a, a um a headache again, and they've kind of pushed him all the way back. So I think he's, he's go through process again, and I think we're unlikely to see him now. There's a lot of question marks about honestly about his future playing rugby. You know, he he turned up, he played one week after a very long layoff, didn't have any head knocks. If you watch some videos, he might have scaled some beers after the match. Never a helpful thing, but I think it was his debut for the side. And then he, he's had ongoing headaches throughout the week since. So not a positive sign for him. And look, I mean, I, I hope that he recovers well when he, he's back playing footy soon because, I mean, we were hoping he was going to be playing in this match. No Reese Hodge, as far as I know. So, I mean, we're going to be seeing Tom Pincus, who, I mean, he's Tom Pincus. He's, he's done a couple of decent runs. He's, he's actually, you know, probably exceeded my expectations expectation for him but that's only because it was so low <laughs> yeah look i was going to say it'd be good for a little refresher on who else is out so no hodgy uh, we've got pickers there um bands a few red cards yeah and trevor hosea all banned not playing yeah it's not helpful they should be back next week though so for fantasy managers out there uh if you want a sneaky pickup there you go but um so that, what's the back of that harry they they both got red cards, right? Oh, so yeah. the Rebels have had more red cards than Super Rugby out of Roa in 21 games. Right. Yep. So, been, are you sure there was no reds in Super Rugby out of Roa? It was one. Oh, right. Okay. Nice. Classic. <laughs> the, Rebels, Actually, the Rebels are missing two from red cards. We should have said that the Crusaders Brumbies uh, was that's going to be the battle of the yellow cards actually because uh, I mean they got five last week so uh, you know but anyway um, well, I think the big question here is the Blues have looked a bit junk in the last few weeks but what does that junk look like when they turn up and play the Rebels in Melbourne <clears throat> or the best players without all the best uh, players? Pro- yeah probably better <laughs> let's be honest but they have they actually have looked quite junk you know and I think the Rebels at times their defence has asked questions of other sides and their, their structure, the way they play doesn't match up early on in the season, doesn't match up well against, you know, the, the blues who 
I don't know. I haven't been up against a pretty boring side like the Rebels that focus on defence. You know, it's been open style footy where there's been flowing rugby and, and lots of points scored. The Rebels will take every point on offer in this match. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rebels don't score a single try. They score three, four penalties. Hope that they can keep the Blues to you know less than two tries, which may may be too much of a stretch. But I think it's going to be penalties versus a struggling back line from what we've seen in recent, recent weeks. It's going to be an interesting one in terms of being quite boring. Yeah, I think it's a good point. The uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a meme. It's because uh, all, all the memes in Kiwi rugby seem to come out of the blues. You know, old mate Jared there over on the socials. But uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been a meme. If you think about the blues at the start of the season and, you know, like a picture of a grizzly bear or something and then looking at the blues now and it's like a little teddy bear. You know what I mean? Just like what, what happened? from What happened from the start of the season? We were so pumped. Um, why aren't you on this, mate? Nels, you're uh, you're our meme guy, mate. You're the you know CMO, mate, chief meme officer. Um, but so, mate, there you go. You can you can use that idea. I give you permission. Go ahead, go out and uh, make yeah, it up. But, no. Look, the Blues. For mine, the biggest point is: can Akira Wani just start this bloody game? Um, like what I said, it, I, maybe we said this every week. We discuss the Blues. I've just said why is Akira not starting? So just wanted to chuck that in there again. Why is Akira not starting? I'll be honest, they can roll out the same randoms that they pulled out against the uh, the Chiefs in their last game, get Zahn Sullivan out again. Are you calling Zahn Sullivan a random, mate? The <laughs> next Bill Jordan? Guys, mate, literally the name of the team. And uh, I would call him a random, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It yeah, very good. All right. But uh, it's going to be for they feel like I feel like they haven't locked down their inside centre position, which is weird because we all thought what it's just going to be TJ Fahani. Who who would you start at centre? I mean, assuming they're all fit, Harry Plummer, TJ Fahani, and Tanyalu Talea. Um, who do you guys start? With? For me, I honestly I'd be starting Fahani. I I don't know for for recent years he's seemed to not necessarily excite me enough. But I think he's their stable figurehead of that 12 that fills that role that they really need. You know, they have a lot of punch out wide. Yes, that's going to be, you know, diminished a little bit, missing Caleb Clark. But I think he's their role. He can kick, he can run hard, he can take the ball in himself. I, I think he can offer the ball and play the people outside him. I, I think he is that role. He does that better than Plummer in terms of his ability to take the ball into contact. And he offers the ball outside wider to, to players better than Talea. So, I mean, for me, he's that that role that they need to, to stabilise that back line and give other people opportunities. Harry, in one word, who would you pick the inside time? Uh, one word, Fayani. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, you, you, in, in bringing that up, you've sparked my memory. With Caleb Clark out, does this mean he's not playing any games in Super Rugby? Yeah, Correct. Caleb Clark is gone, mate. To me, what that means is put Mark Talaya back on the left wing. And as we've talked about many times before, he will be like a cryptocurrency, <laughs> like Dogecoin as of recently. He is going to skyrocket through the roof uh, and then come crashing back down again at the end of the season when Caleb Clark's back next year. But... Um, Mark Talea, I mean, he has been a fantasy and freak for the Blues when he's been mm. wing and getting the ball. Does so. it also mean that we're going to see heaps of Bryce Heem now? Well, hopefully not. Look, I mean, for me, I know, I mean, no one's thinking it. I'm looking at our notes. We've got AJ Lamb as a potential to fill that jersey as well. But what about Taniela Talea? Yeah, I was going to say, can we bounce back to a few years ago? Taniela Talea, put him on the wing. He was an absolute weapon. I think it was two seasons ago on the wing. Worst case, you can shift him into cover centre. Like, 
he is a player that can fill either of those roles well. But, I mean, in terms of what we're saying in Super Rugby, he, he's done a better role on the wing. Put him on the re- wing. Talia, Talia on both wings, I think it would be great. I like it. I'm all for it. All right. And then last thing really with the Blues is, so I th- do we think Pat- I think Patrick Tupelota will be back from his concussions. I'm not sure if he'd already covered that and I've just repeated it. But um, yeah. if he is, then we kind of have that leadership back. So Tom Robinson had been stepping in kind of as captain. Um, yes, Big Red had been playing amazingly. But um, if Big Patty T's back, then, yeah, perhaps that does open up the space for Akira in at six. Um, is Dal- do we know, is Dalton Papali available? Is he around? He's... He got he got injured, but we don't know the severity of it. The um the blues are generally pretty hard to to pin down for any information on their players, to be honest. Fair enough. All right, boys, tipping this one. Um we know Nelson's gonna go the Rebels. I'll let him give you the time to decide how much. Um, I'm gonna back the blues and um I'm gonna take the blues by 18 points. I'm big. I think you're pretty you're pretty close to the money. I might go 19 points. Yeah, I just... Look, boys, I've I've been drinking a lot of red wine, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back my bets. I'm gonna say the exact score line will be 10 points to the Blues. They're just not gonna score any points, and it's gonna be 12 points to the Rebels. The Rebels are gonna win 12 to two in Melbourne. Uh, okay, Nelson, that's great. Um, I think we can all agree the Rebels. I almost got away with this without saying this point, but the Rebels have put. And will put all of their eggs in a Nazarani-shaped basket. That's their entire team. Depends on how well Nazarani. Tamua, Tamua's boot. That's and all. Nazarani's not playing, guys. As I said yeah. in the red. Nazarani's card. injured. No, he's a red card ban. You both. Oh have yeah, Ben. Talking. Yeah. Oh, when I was talking over you, that was the first name you said. There's three red cards. Nazarani's <laughs> out as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'd forgotten that. That's all good. Um, all right, well, can I up my tip now? Blues by... Um... No, no, I'm 19, mate. The highest wins. I mean... Wait. All right, very good. Let's move on then to the is the final fixture. Yep. The Force and the Chefs. <clears throat> uh, before we get into some injuries um, from Harry, slash giving him time to think of any injuries uh, or returning, um, I think <clears throat> this the, big, the biggest talking point out of this game <clears throat> will be some of these young Chiefs players will finally get an opportunity to get Richard Kahui's autograph. You know what I mean? They've, they've wanted it for years. An old okay. man who's back. Have you heard? Kahui came out, a man that I think finished his rugby career in Super Rugby prior to last year where they didn't play any Kiwis in like 2013. He goes, everybody's in for a surprise in Super Rugby AU. Mate, everybody else has played the Kiwis far more recently than you. You are in for a surprise, you old man, Everybody else has been playing the Kiwis up until last year. How can he say everyone's in for a surprise? Yes, you're Kiwi, mate. You haven't played them for seven or eight years. They played them early last year. What value is he adding with that comment? Every game he plays, he is surprised that he's still playing. You know what I mean? He's that old. Um, Who are you talking about? No, but he has been great, though. Richard uh, Kahui. Why are you talking shit about Kahui? He's great. Oh, he's been fantastic. He's been one of their best players. He came out. He came out in the last two days saying Super Rugby AU teams are going to be in for a surprise when they come up against Super Rugby out to road teams. Mate, it's been 12 months since we've played them. It's been seven or eight years since you've played them. It's a weird point to make. This is, this is one of these things which to me just proves how 
you two really bite at little media tidbits, just like the old, uh, what was it, Ben Smith really article recently, trashing South Africa. You love it, mate. It's like a it's like a match day bonus, mate. I'm sure they give, they're like, Richie, here's a bonus. Just go and we need a tidbit for the papers. We need to get everyone raging. We need we need Nelson to go on a podcast and start yelling about this. Uh, that's, come on, mate. It's what the people want. It's just it's just some something for the papers, brother. All right, let's let's push on because let's be honest. If we're going to hang around talking about what upsets Nelson, we'll be here all day. That's true. Uh, did you find any injuries or to report, or anyone returning, or anything like that? The main one from the Western Force was Byron Ralston went through his concussion protocols from uh, round eight. He got concussed, so I think there's a chance that we see him. And then the other one, there's nothing else with a lot of detail. Uh, I think it was worth mentioning that Thomas Lozano, who has been out with a foot injury, he's just signed for the Scarlets, or he, I think he's about to sign for the Scarlets, apparently. So he's on the way out. So great recruiting from a Western Force to buy a team that doesn't hang around for more than the one season to get cohesion. So awesome. Uh, and Rob Kearney. Um, Kearney. Yeah, he is uh, a quad strain from late in round nine. So I don't know how severe that is, but... If it's not too, if it's a low grade, you might see him. Well, every week they kept saying he was going to be back, didn't they? Well, like I said, he'd be back for the semi-final, and then a low yeah. grade, yeah. I think he had a second injury for in, in uh, round nine. I think I, it was uh, after that he was never in the picture again. I called it when he flew over here, mate. He's here for a holiday and for some beaches that you can't swim on over in Western Australia. Man, I, I, I can't back that because last year he was slow, and his improvement this year has been immense. You know, extra twelve months in in a professional. You know, set up again. He, he got back into some decent form. But, look, who's going to play fullback for the force? That's my question. I prefer McGregor. They started strong in one of their, like, their most recent matches, was it? Or in the, why? I don't know. Yeah. I don't is this something we don't know about? Because McGregor is far better as an option. Like, I Maybe they were drinking when they announced the team lineups. I don't know. Yeah, they just a training that had a race or something. Or like whoever wins this race gets to start a fullback. No, because I feel McGregor would have won that and he would have been starting. <laughs> something yeah. like that, yeah. Something I don't know. A bit of a weird one. I'm with you. It should be McGregor. I'm not sure if I can say that it will be McGregor because they keep doing weird things with selections. They're not actually interested in putting they are, their best team in any one week. They they think the opposite of cohesion, which is what a lot of their fans back, which is fair. Like they have done, they have far surpassed what I think I thought they were going to do. And I think both of you boys thought they were going to do this year. And I mean, it's gone in the face of um, cohesion. They've, they've done far better. And, and the back end of that Super Rugby AU was really, really good. But I don't think Strawn was the right choice for them. I think they've got to go with the players that they know, players that have been there, and McGregor's their, their choice. This wouldn't be a rugby podcast if the word cohesion didn't get thrown around at least 30 times. But, uh, no, I think um, I, I was. I have been. I think all of us have been surprised. But for me, the Force's defence has just been unbelievable. Their rush defence, the way they fill the width of the field – um, they really try and force you to go around the outside, and just but they make it difficult to do so. They have been, I would say, probably could be one of the be- the, be- the best defending team in Super Rugby AU. Um, yeah. for mine, if you oh, look I at it, it's fair. Season. Um, well, so I, I think it's I think it's fair because they they haven't been the best attacking side, but they've been able to you know lower the ability of their the teams coming up against them in regular weeks, not not every single week. 
but regularly they can they can definitely bring down the level of the other side. We know the Chiefs like to play open, expansive footy. And, I mean, one of the issues with open, expansive footy is if the other team has a very, very well-structured defensive line, it, it can definitely dull that, you know, where you'd be more relying on a, a chip over the top from Damian McKenzie than open spaces off a kick from the force if the defensive line can come up as a cohesive unit and shut them down. So the force are going to have to have a massive week in defence. And, I mean, it's something we know they can do. I'm not saying that I think this is a possible win for them, but they're going to have to have their best defensive week, I think, of all year. And and it's been definitely a strength for them. I think if you guys can't think, if you can think of anything else, you can tack it on to me. But in terms of selection stuff for the force, the only other interesting one for me, I talked a lot about why aren't they starting in Kira. Mate, why aren't they starting Fergus Lee Warner? You know what I mean? I understand this hype around Tim Anstey in the Wallabies squad from after scoring one try. Um, and don't be wrong, I love Tim Anstey. Uh, we all love Tim Anstey. But, um, mate, start Fergus Lee Warner in the locks. Uh, who would you start him over, mate? Any, I, I, I the locks, any lock that is starting in that team. He would, would, be you drop, would you drop Thrush or Tamani is your question? Well, I've dropped Thrush, but uh, I, I, I I'm to Tamani. Yeah, no, I'm on a similar similar sort of uh, wavelength as you at the moment. I, look, I quite like Thrush. I think he's impressed me more than I expected in his ripe age of 83 or whatever he's playing at at the moment. But Tamani, since his return, has been quite physical and, and I've actually liked what he's added to the side. So I think Lee Warner and Tamani as a lock pairing could be quite good. Um, and then it means we don't have to worry about dropping Anstey as well. You're giving them both a chance. They're both quite dynamic players. Um, for, for their size so they can get around the paddock. Again, something that's going to be extremely important against this absolutely ridiculous, we haven't touched it on, on it yet, but absolutely ridiculous Chiefs back row that is going to be almost impossible to stop. Let's just... <laughs> he's young. He needs, he needs his opportunity to come off the bench. Like He has not been as dynamic since starting week in, week out. Yeah, let's be honest. Tim Anstey should go for the Olympics and then come back and, uh, you know, commit long-term and see what he can do in Super Rugby. But I, I think if, if Fergus Lee Warner, if they keep bringing him off the bench in the next, for the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, I mean, I'd be interested to see what, uh, how long he's signed, his contract is, because that's a surefire way to get someone like him to sign overseas. And that would be a huge... No, don't, don't sign overseas, mate. The Waratahs will take the blood. No, well, mate, the Waratahs don't sign players. Least of all locks. Apparently, we're not interested in any locks. He's, he's 194 centimetres. He's 194 centimetres as a back rower. We sign back rowers. So we will take him as a back rower and play him in the locks, like we're going to probably do with Hannigan, to be fair. But I'd put him over Hannigan happily. He's only 27. We've talked long and too much right then about Ned Hannigan, just saying his name twice. And similarly, we can't talk longer about the force than we can about the Chiefs. The Chefs, how good. Some attacking weapons. Um, What are we going to see... With the Chiefs, did they? Ha- I don't think they really had any injuries um, in the final. So um, I guess the only thing that's interesting is will uh, Etena Nanaisaturo? Um, does this also mean he will not be playing any he's games? He's gone, mate. He, he is gone. You you will definitely not see him. As simple as that. Okay. Well, then who slides into the DMs uh, on the left or right wing? Do we? I know the answer that you guys want. Chase Tear Tear. That's not even a. You know, we could just move on in podcast, <clears> but. Um, Will, do we see Chase going straight in or do we see Shooter, Sean Wainui? Take this away from me, Kagi. Chase Tia Tia. 
<clears throat> Look, I... It's tough to be fair. Look, I, I, it's hard to know what they will back. I, I don't think it will be Shooter. It can't be Shooter. If they have any idea what they're doing, it has to be Wainui because they've backed him with his stability and he's, he's quite a stable, strong player for them. Or it has to be Tia Tia if they want to go. Just Sullivan. Just Sullivan in there, you know. Yeah, uh, take that too. But look, it's not going to happen. Tia Tia would be my first preference. Wainui is who I, I think they will probably be. I think we'll see for sure uh, Natoya Akoi back in starting. Don't know how he was on the bench for Mitch Brown last week. I don't know. Is he in a final? But uh, I think, is he injured? He was on the bench. He came off the bench uh, and Mitch Brown was um, starting in the grand final, uh, which I did not understand. Harry? No, I thought it was, I I think they said it was because he was coming back from an injury. Okay. Well, I've got the. I've got the. I don't know. That's what I heard, but I don't, that sorry, sense. boys. I, I've got confirmation. He is not in their touring squad to Perth. He is out injured. What? Yeah, okay. he's he's not in their travelling squad. All right. Well, then it's probably going to be Mitch Brown. Uh, otherwise, it'd be what Josh Lord or um... Mitch Brown and Tupavia, or Josh Lord and Tupavia. That's that's their centres. The second centres, second rows. Okay. And do we see do we see them just rolling out their A class Jacobson, Boshier, and what Peter Gus? Is that what we think? Uh, that honestly, I think that's what we're going to see in that back row. N- none of them really need rests. They've had rests throughout the year. I'd I'd be putting them in together, giving them more chance to to build that you know that that cohesion. I hate to say it again, but get them all playing together. I think that's what I'd be picking. I think he's injured, but I would definitely be putting in one of my boys, uh, Talani or uh, Capelli, in there in that back row. God, those guys are sick. But um, no, I think Capelli, like, Capelli's there, mate. Capelli's there, but he yeah. won't be starting in the back He'll row. He'll probably unless, they're, unless they're trying to rest people. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think that having Peter Gus Sobakula starting with the amount of runs that he's taking, does it downgrade the potential earnings for from a fantasy perspective from Jacobson and Beauchere because they won't be able to do the same amount of running themselves. I agree. That's a really good point. And one of you should trade Jacobson or Beauchere to me in my team and just you know get it, sell them high. Sell them high to me. I think that's a good idea. No, look, I I'd say you're probably right on that point, <laughs> to be fair, because he will, he will definitely take runs away from both those players. The, the thing is that both those players have such high work rates that it'll probably be diminished in, in a way because they'll find their <coughs> way to work themselves into the game, whether it's over the ball or it's defensively or things like that. But, I mean, potentially they, they're going to lose the, the chance with the ball in hand, at least a little bit when you have a player of Sawcaller's, you know, running class. So, I mean, it, it is a relevant point, but... I wouldn't be too worried about either of them. Yeah, good shout. I think, look, the force, uh, we've talked about how good their D is and particularly their rush D. So uh, it'll be interesting to get up in the face of Bryn Gatland, who probably will be starting at 10. Um, I think that the danger for the force, though, is uh, the Chiefs just going out the back to to D-Mac and just throwing it around. You know what I mean? Like, D-Mac loves a rush defence line, uh, you know, so he can just kind of weave his way around Mm. it. Uh, the magician. So um, the, what the what the force need to do is something that's never been done before. And you've got two homing missiles on DMAC on the left side and on the right side. Whenever he touches the ball, both these players run directly at him to try and cover him and hit him at the same time because that's the only way you're going to stop this man. And even then, you probably won't stop him. 
It's true. We should we should just earmark someone for the red card on DMAC this week. Just take him out for the competition. Hey, that's super OVAU. Our strength is getting red carded. Send <laughs> someone else out there to get red carded and try to take him out of the game. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but take him out of the game with an injury. That's it. A, 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 a five or six week recovery injury. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, I hope not. But, uh, any, any other points on this one? Um, I think for mine, the Chiefs attack will just be, you know, it'll be t- too expansive. And I just don't know. I mean, the Force have showed that they can keep up this level of D for the whole 80 minutes, which was certainly a concern last year. Um, they, and they particularly showed that in the semi final where, you know, they got yellow carded um, and they still held out the, the Brumbies, you know, throughout the whole yellow card period in the second half. So, uh, it is going to be interesting to see, you know, what the Chiefs come up with, what innovative way they come up with to attack through that, and whether it's a chip through or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Chiefs will find a way. So if we're going tipping, I'm prepared to tip the Chiefs here. And by, I might not even go with big as big with the Chiefs. I might go by twelve. Right. I um, I'm going to keep talking. Um, so I actually am looking forward to the set piece battle here as well. I feel like the Western Force being quite strong in that area. I'm looking to see, looking forward to seeing the Chiefs scrum, which I think has been a real strength this year, and how that matches up to the front row of Tom Robertson, Faletti Katu'u, and probably Medrano, I would think. I think that's been a real interesting battle in the Australian Conference and the New Zealand Conference. So I'm not sure who's going to come out on top, and I, I think that's a, a massive advantage for one side if they can get dominance there. Do you guys have a pick for that one? The Chiefs. I, th- I think everyone, uh, uh, like, yes, the force uh, front row, like the force set piece has been very, very good. But I think everyone forgets, tends to forget how good the Chiefs uh, set piece is. Like, the Chiefs set piece is genuinely amazing. Uh, I mean, they've taken it to the Crusaders. They've taken it to a number of teams. Uh, arguably, the Chiefs have had over the most of Super Rugby or over the games, uh, they've, they've probably had one of the form pe- set pieces, I'd say. Oh, it's certainly the scrum. Look, I, I'm I'm not necessarily as sold. I, I know we we know that the the chief set piece is, is very solid. If you have Medrano on one prop and Robertson on the other prop for for the force, that is absolutely ridiculous and, and really really solid. One of the issues they had in the semi final though was the the scrum. So something that we've seen them you know thrive in through most of Super Rugby um, throughout the year and, and, and be a real strength for them all of a sudden disappeared when it came to a, a pressure match that was the semi-final. I think they won one of five scrums. So I don't know where that came from and what led to that, but we know they can be strong. But if that's your last match, surely, you know, you're not going to be able to get over the top of the Chiefs. They have been really good at line though, haven't they, Harry? The forces well. So um, that'll be big. That'll be a great contest there. I don't know. Well, sorry, the throwing throw hadn't been great, but the defensive lineouts have been really good. The guys got up. I was going to say, my, my tip was actually for neither team to win a single one of their own lineouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was talking more about scrum. Yeah, no, Is there a betting market on that, Harry? Have you found one? Or? Uh, I'll make one, yeah, I'll make one. Lineouts are concerning. Look, uh, I think in, in Super Rugby AU, uh, a lot of Aussie teams haven't competed against the force. Mainly, you think back to the Tars match, but I also think you know Rebels and things at, at times haven't really competed against the Force, and they have not thrown straight regularly. So, I mean, I'd have one simple thing if I was a Chiefs coach, and it would be put someone up. I don't care if you know any of the ball, 
have someone jumping to look like you're competing for the ball. And guess what? They're going to get pinged two, three times for not straight in a match. Guys, I'm going to tip. I know, Kagi, you've given yours. I'm going to go Chiefs by 21 points. Out of pure faith and confidence in Super Rugby AU, nothing to do with the red wine, nothing to do with my bets. I'm going to say the fours. I almost can't say it, boys. I'm going to say all I've learned over doing this. This is my 100th pod, boys. No one's mentioned it. This is my 100th pod. And the thing I need to point out is there is no accountability on this pod. That's something that needs to change, but not this week because I have cheated. Sorry, are you coming out here tipping all the Aussie teams and you're you're trying to bring up accountability for next week? No, like, that's... Do you know what, what shooting learned. yourself in the foot is, mate? Are you... Huggy, that's what I've learned. There's no accountability. So I'm going to put out what I want the results to be to the world, so hopefully it's more likely to come true. The Force are going to win this one, boys. I don't believe it. The Force are going to win this one by three points, and I am going to win $300,000. I've put down um, Kiwis to win by 13-plus in all five games. Yeah, fair. That was, what's, what's the odds on that? On $2, $2, $2 or something. $10. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, well, I, I think that takes us to the end of the main course, which mm-hmm. means we all know what's next. What's your God? What's your God do with that? Deserto. And welcome to Deserto. No, I wasn't having a stroke. That's just how we do the intro. Brought to you by Pilk Ice Cream. Uh, if you are not already following us on YouTube, if you're listening to this over the audio uh, medium, you can check out on YouTube to see some fantastic Pilk ice cream. Harry, what's so legendary about this Pilk ice cream again? Uh, Pagonis makes it with his own milk. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Pagonis in every uh, ice cream jar. I don't know, it's not even a jar. What is it? Pint? I don't, what do you even call the things ice cream coming? Container. What do you say? Ice cream comes in, mate. That is disgusting. Boys, we've lost the plot here. Too many glasses of wine have been had. Let's let's get through some dessert and round out this pod. All right. Um, now, you guys made a rookie mistake by allowing me to introduce the dessert because what we're going to do is the final pick for uh, Trans Tasman, where we see the all the teams' rankings. And no, no, letting me go. I'm letting we're me. Just gonna, we're, we're just like going to do top two. Like to let Harry go first. We're, we're just going to do top two. That's all we're, we're going to do. Go first, the Chiefs. Sorry, first the Crusaders. No, no, I'm sorry, no take backs, my friend. Touch move, touch take. Harry's on the Chiefs. First the Crusaders. Yeah, Second, I will go the Chefs. Third, I will go. No, no, we're only doing top two, boys. Who's making the final? Well, Chiefs Crusaders. We know it's going to make be the same for all of us because it's going to yeah. be it. Yeah, we're going to do the same because for us, this is going to be real tricky. It's ten, no, it's not. ten teams. All right, fine. Go for it. Okay. Chiefs, Crusaders. Crusaders, Chiefs. And then after that, I'm going to go for the Blues, then the Reds, then the Hurricanes, then the Brumbies, then the Highlanders, then the Harry's lost the plot. Western Force, Rebels, Waratahs. I mean... I don't disagree with a lot of it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different. Not for the first two. 
Look, I, aren't you picking the first five Australian teams and then the keep five Kiwis after that? That's Mate, right. uh, all I know is I've only tipped them for this week. That's all I care about. So I'm going to go. Look, I, I just I, I can't see the Crusaders not getting the job done. So I'm going to say the Crusaders. And sadly, my gut tells me the second team is going to be the Chiefs. This is where it changes. I, I think the Blues haven't been as solid as Harry's making out. He's just one of those Kiwi lovers. I don't get what, what it is about him. But I'm going to say the Reds are going to come in third. I'm going to say then followed by the Reds, we're going to have the Brumbies. They're both going to probably get three wins, give or take three. I think maybe the Reds four, Brumbies three wins. After that, we'll drop it down. We'll go across to the Canes. There's going to be a slump for the Blues. We're going to have the Canes. Then we're going to have the Blues then we'll have the Force, then the Highlanders, then the Rebels, then the Waratahs. Yeah. You're giving the Force over the Highlanders. Are you serious? Wowzers, no take backs. All right, I will round us out. The I'm Crusaders are going to win. Uh, Harry, not the Chiefs, the Crusaders. Uh, and in second place in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, meeting the Crusaders in the grand final, Chiefs will be the Queensland Reds. Nice, I like it. Go the Reds. Uh, third place Chiefs, fourth fourth place Blues, uh, fifth place Brumbies. Then we're going to have the um, question is really just Highlanders or Hurricanes. Uh, I'm tempted to go to Landers because you've both gone Hurricanes, the bottom team of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, the Highlanders have been fifth. No, I'm going to go. The Hurricanes, then the Highlanders, and then the uh, Waratahs. Yeah. I'm going to go the yeah. Waratahs. I'll go Rebels Force Waratahs. There you go. I don't know why. You know, just want to be different. I'm changing, I'm changing one thing for me. I'm no, you can't change, mate. There's no, touch, no, move, no, touch, no, take, no, brother. No, there's, no, there's no chance of changing. But for Tars to beat the Rebels. Okay, actually, that's worse. You can change that. We'll allow it. That's fine. Because they're right. both going to lose five games. Yeah. So it, it could go either way. Yeah, but the Waratahs four and against is going to be minus a thousand. So uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, no, excellent this week. They're going to concede two hundred points to the two wingers from the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Can I? Ask- going to set a Super Rugby Trans Tasman <clears throat> record for points scored in one match. Yeah. Harry, oh, sorry. Yeah. Take oh, us through. Yeah. Fin- let's finish it off. I just wanted to say, like, I, I love your optimism about the Reds, but the Reds and Brummies have just been way too hard hit by injury. Their back line has been decimated for that. Hey, I'll, I'll, give I, you two, I'll give you two words, which is which is why we're going to see them up there. Suliasi Vunivalu, come on, my boy! No, Harry, uh, I'll, I'll, my, my big thing is the, the Reds actually don't have a horrible you know, run of, of matches here. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Pace Army back. You know, we'll have Vunavalu coming back in the starting side. Also, so I, just wanna, I, I, I get what you're saying about players coming back, but horrible run of matches. I think every year we play mm-hmm. fantasy rugby, we would consider playing five Kiwi teams in a row a horrible run of matches. In fact, the worst run of matches that you could possibly have. No, yeah. look, I, I, if, if I just put it, I, I'll just put it out there though. I think they can can get it done this week against the Highlanders. They'll lose next week against the Crusaders. That's fine. We all expect that. Is that, is that in Christchurch? No, it's in Queensland. Oh, mate, the Fortress, Suncorp, my friend. Mate, they're, they're still going to have some injuries. But then they've got the Chiefs in Queensland 
Then they've got the Blues in Queensland. They'll beat the Blues. They've got a chance against the Chiefs. They'll have Pace Army back. And then they've got the Canes in, in New Zealand. And, I mean, by that point, the Canes are not going to be a chance to make the finals. We're probably going to see randoms in every single position, like we did at the back end of Super Rugby Aotearoa. They just throw all the young players into the to the side, you know, all the Kiwi teams, because they know they're going to make the finals. Nels, you sound like you've convinced yourself that you should have picked the Reds to come second like I did. Um, but, look, no touchbacks, no takebacks. So, all right, with that, let's... Let's finish our desserto with uh, a final trivia question for the three of us. How many wins will the Aussie sides get? There are 25 matches in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman regular season. Every team plays five. Uh, How many of the 25 do we think the Australian teams will win? Kagi, you said every team plays five. But two Aussie teams could play six. We won't. We won't go into that. We'll just go. I said regular, regular season, my friend. Regular season. That's fine, mate. We're going to do in reverse order. So we'll start with you. Fantastic. Um, I think the Queensland Reds are going to win five games. So that's five out of the out of the bat. And then, um, do you reckon the I reckon the Brumbies might be able to get one or two wins there. So I'm going to go with about seven. Uh, I'm going to back the Brumbies to get two yeah, wins. Three teams. I mean, mate, they're not going to win a game. The Brumbies to get two, Reds to get uh, five, boom, seven. We've got it done. Wow. All right, I, I'm going to go uh, – I think the Brumbies will get four done. Uh, I think they'll lose to the Crusaders. I think the – sorry, the Reds, sorry, will we'll get four done. I, I think the Brumbies are going to lose to the Saders. They'll probably let them, another match slip. They've got a very tough – you know, run of matches here compared to in, in terms of where they're playing. In terms of their the harder matches are going to be in, in New Zealand. I'll, I'll say they'll win three matches, so that brings us to seven, and we'll get one or two upsets from the rest of the Aussie sides. So I'm going to say eight. I love your optimism, and five this week from your tipping. Yeah, they're all going to be this week. Five. <laughs> I'm going to say upsets to occur this week. I'm going to go none from the Waratahs, none from the Force, none from the Rebels. I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, say one. two or three from the Reds and one or two from the Brums. I'll say four. Yeah, I thought you'd go small. I thought you'd go less than me. That's it. I thought seven was hugely optimistic, just quite oh, right. It is, man. It is. I, I backed the Reds to make the finals, though. I had to go five. Mm. That, yeah. If they yeah. had their side, then I would, I would back more. But I just think the Brumbies and Reds have just been too hard hit by injuries, and I think they need to be. At no, but the Brumbies come game three against the Chiefs, they they could easily win against the Highlanders. We know they're going to lose against the Crusaders. They could have a pretty much full strength team, barring Pattaya against the Chiefs in round three. They could have a full strength team barring Pattaya. That's it. The one person. Yeah, their problem is they're versing the Chiefs. Yeah, but in Queensland. Yeah, but I watched that grand final, man. I don't think they're a chance. Yeah, because. <laughs> You didn't watch the rest of the season then. They only played in the finals. And on that bombshell, boys, this has been a great, quick podcast. Um, and But anyway, how pumped are we for Super Rugby Trans-Tasman this week? It's mm. been excellent. Back into the fantasy. Got our trade night tomorrow night. Big trade, big moves to be made. I'm excited. You should be excited, mate. You've, you've got a tough few weeks ahead of you to try and make the finals. Um, I'm locked in. Harry's pretty close as well. But, look, I'm, I'm very excited, a little bit more optimistic, clearly uh, against you boys in terms of how the Aussie sides will go. Nervously optimistic, I'm, I might say. I think two years away from the Kiwi sides. Just leave the Kiwi sides with a little bit of doubt. 
Um, in terms of everything we've we've seen put out there in, in, you know, Twitter and social media and players coming out, the Kiwis seem very, very keen, very, very, very optimistic. They all think they're going to get five from five. So I think, you know, they're, they're going to come out underprepared. I think Harry Harry got the message. Nels didn't. I wasn't opening for closing remarks. I was trying to round, round out the podcast there, mate. But um, Harry, final uh, final one sentence thoughts, or or you can just steal Nathan Nelson's uh, goodbye uh, word. Can't wait. <laughs> As always. Hooroo. <laughs>